so uh, so Cal. Yeah. Uh, I've got this. My friend Michael sent me this earlier, and it's a page okay. from one of those kind of books about Minecraft. Oh right, uh, okay, yeah. For children, and it's entitled "Jokes for Minecrafters." So I'm going to read you some of these jokes. <laughs> uh, let's see, see if you okay. laugh. Okay. Did you hear about the player who told the witch her house was destroyed? I didn't know you could get witches in Minecraft, but no, okay, I didn't hear about that player. In turn, she destroyed him. What? <laughs> All right, next one. That's not one. a joke. Next one. Did you hear about the player who blew himself up with TNT? I, I've, I've done that. Am I that? I'm player? sure you can guess what happened. What happened? Wait, is that the punchline? Did you hear about the player who thought he could fly in survival mode? No. He couldn't. That's Did not you a hear joke. Scott, about that's not the a joke. who walked in on two creepers? No. He, he was destroyed. That's... Did you hear about the player <laughs> These are jokes! In the nether. Who what? Did you hear about the player who tried to farm in the nether? He died. He was destroyed. Oh, of course. <laughs> Did you hear oh, about going. a player who tried to put a saddle on a creeper? He was destroyed? He went <laughs> boom. <laughs> All right. One more, one more, one more. Okay. Did you hear about the player who was pushed into a ravine when water fell on him? <laughs> he made a big splash. <laughs> 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 Wait, this is from an actual book. Yeah, it's from a book. What is it? A book it's... just of jokes? No, I think it's one of those. I can only see the one page, but it's from I think one of those books. Just books about Minecraft for kids. Minecraft tips and tricks. But even and for kids, those I, aren't I know, jokes. I know it's kind of low and a bit obvious to kind of go for a children's book and be like, oh, this is dumb or whatever. But these, they're not jokes. These aren't there's jokes. A, there's no punchline. Even kids can have jokes. Uh, it doesn't take much effort. Like, you get hired to write this book about Minecraft. You can come up with some jokes. They're, they're maybe not funny, but you can come up with a joke. You can come up with something, right? Like <laughs> a the, joke with an actual punchline. He made a big splash is maybe... Is, is the closest you could, you thing. You could maybe the, see something there that's a joke. The closest thing to an actual constructed joke. But it's still not a joke. Because it doesn't—it doesn't make sense. Because he's like, okay, he made a big splash. Of, it doesn't make sense still. How, could we do any better? Uh, yeah. Well, what do you think of a, a give, Minecraft joke? Give me, give me that. Give me one of those jokes again. Give me the, the third okay. one. Did you hear about the player who thought he could fly in survival mode? Okay. Um, oh God. Okay. So we need to come up with a better punchline for that. Then he couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> um. I don't, I don't know. It's hard, but also I wouldn't put myself forward for the but, job of writing it. But you could say something like, he made a big impact. There you go, that's good. There yeah, you go, there you go, because then it lets you work out for yourself what's happened on him, what's gone on there. Yeah, of course, because he, he fell down and yeah. he crashed into the ground. That's good. I mean, it's not good. It's still a bad joke. But, but at least it, that's it a joke. It has an actual punchline. It has a punchline. Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, how are you? Can we, can we get away from this this goddamn? Yeah, sure. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm distraught I'm now. I'm, I'm really I'm sad. Really good. Uh, yeah, as as I said last time, I take t- took a bit of a holiday over Christmas, and this is my first week back. Oh yeah, uh, we're in the new year working. now. We are in the we new are. year. Happy New I'm, Year! Is it too late to say Happy, happy new, new Year? year. Twelve days uh, into January. 
It's fine. It's eleven. It's eleven days, isn't it? Uh, not on the day I post this up. Uh, although whoever's uh, <laughs> listening to it, it might be thirteen or fourteen. We might mm. not even be in January. Who knows? <laughs> no, good. I've, I've been back at work uh, doing my research and all that, and it's going well. And yeah, I'm feeling pretty positive. How are you? I'm doing good. I got a promotion. Congratulations, Mr. Manager. Mr. Manager. Uh, should we just call it manager? Uh, yeah, I got a promotion at work today, so I'm feeling pretty damn good about Excellent. myself and my abilities. <laughs> but so- we're not here to talk about promotions. Now, actually, I don't really know what we are here to talk about. You Usually, <laughs> you kind of give me a few topics that we're going to cover. I gave you before. some topics. I sort of uh, said what we were going to talk about. I, I don't remember that. <laughs> I, I, I can't vouch. I can't Brilliant. cooperate that. So, yeah, I'm really kind of unsure what to expect. Going in blind. Okay, well, you're, you're like everyone else. Tell me about what, what have you been... So, the past... You took your couple of weeks holiday. Did you play anything or do anything spe- like particularly fun over that time? Uh, I've been playing in terms of games. I've been playing Katamari Damashi. How was that it? Was, uh, that's been fun. I've been I've not really played it before. Uh, I think I bought it like just before we recorded last. But okay. I've been really really enjoying that. Um, the, the controls have not bothered me. Everyone's going on about the controls uh, being a bit weird, but um, I they don't really bother me. What, what are the uh, controls? Well, obviously in Katamari, you, you're playing this uh, character rolling up a giant ball of stuff okay. in this uh, cartoony world. It's kind of a very Japanese game, and uh, it's two animal sticks. Uh, you push them both forward to go forward. Uh, if you want to turn, you have to push one forward and the other back, etc. Right, and okay. Back is off both backs. So it's kind of you're controlling it with both analog sticks. Okay. And uh, it comes from kind of 2004 when I guess people more like non-standard control scenes like that were more of a thing. But I don't find it a problem. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't have like a set thing that every sort of game tended to follow. Like now, anyway. nowadays, if you see a game, you can. If you're used to games, you you can work out how you're going to control it just from looking at it. Really, a classic right. PlayStation Two game. I missed it the first time, so I've been enjoying playing that. Uh, playing that again. That sounds. That sounds good. I keep. I mean to pick that up. Have you been doing or playing anything else? I found a really. Uh, I was gonna say cool isn't. I found a YouTube channel, right? Um, <laughs> Not cool. I, I okay. Don't, I don't know. No, I don't know that much about them. Uh, but they do post these really long plays with no commentary of like old PlayStation games like Tomb Raider and stuff like that. So I found it quite weirdly comforting to kind of tune in for about an hour, just watch someone play Tomb Raider three without any commentary, just kind of <laughs> just, have it on the background. Just the comforting. gameplay. I, I had Tomb Raider three for PC back in the day. That's comforting. Oh, so it's like a nostalgic trip in a way. like a nostalgic trip, yeah. Could that not sounds recommend nice. anyone play very games today. <clears throat> no, could you... I feel like we have to link to that video now in the, in the, in the YouTube Yeah, why not? Well, it's a YouTube channel Some... called Kawaii Games. I think it's a couple who live in Ireland who play them. Could now, what? I don't know... Uh, Kawaii Games. You know, Kawaii? Like, oh, yeah, okay. Kawaii. Yeah. Uh, a couple who live in Ireland and they play. I have not actually heard them speak at all. Uh, I don't know if they are weirdos or anything like that. If so, <laughs> they, I they might be them. huge racists. But, but maybe but, not. They maybe might, they're really nice. But I thought about that before this point. I was like, am I going to give them a shout out? What if they're horrible racists? I wouldn't know. I actually <laughs> had a quick scan of their Twitter. I couldn't find anything on the front page. But I just want you to know if they turn out to be awful... I didn't endorse them. I just said I enjoyed their <laughs> playthroughs where they didn't say a thing. You would have enjoyed anyone's playthroughs where they didn't play or say a thing. You, exactly. You can't inject fascism <laughs> into your gameplay of Tomb Raider without, <laughs> with no commentary. I bet you could. I bet there's a way. Yeah. Like, you just use your guns to sh- like, draw a Nazi symbol on the wall <laughs> with the bullet holes. Like, not, they haven't done that, right? Lara kept tracing a spastic in the ground over and over again. <laughs> I couldn't figure out why. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right, that's enough from me. They don't do that, though. What about you? 
Okay, not that's good. Okay, well, we'll la- send me the link later. We'll put it in the video description as All well, right. just to be be nice. Uh, not that they're going to get any views from us. Um, I have. What have I been doing? So I had New Year and everything. I finished a few games actually. So I finished up Red Dead Redemption Two. Finished it now. Main story done. And you know what? I ended up liking that game the more I played of it. It came to a point where I didn't feel like it was a chore to play. Um, I spoiled myself on the ending ahead of times, so I didn't actually have that huge expectation going into it, and I was just allowed to enjoy it, which was really nice to have that. Um, it's 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 like there's it's, it's like a um, sense of foreboding when you're coming to like the end of a story and you're not really sure what's going on. You're constantly thinking about it. That I found a bit I found a bit too pressuring in this, <laughs> and yet suddenly when I knew what the ending was. I didn't feel that at all. I was okay, just able to good. take my time enjoy and enjoy it. it. Exactly, I could just enjoy it without being like, oh shit, I wonder what's going to happen, what's going to happen now, next. out of interest, how many hours into the game did it start to not feel like a chore? Uh, it's, it's tricky because there were still moments where it did feel like a chore until the very end of the game. Like, there's, it, like they're still what, doing things. <laughs> but I got really invested in it. So it, over, the, over the last weekend... I probably played for it for about six hours each day, like straight. Uh, I just got really, really into it. So I think without that expectation overhanging, I was really able to just invest in the world and enjoy it and sort of slow down a little bit. So I just just took it at my own pace in the end and then went through a bit slowly, a bit more, even more slowly than I had been doing. So it was it was really nice, and I really liked being part of that world. But now that I'm done, I have no interest in ever going back. Okay, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, it was it was a good story. The game it was it Red Dead Two is just a game that's a lot of parts that are all individually good, but together are just a bit like oh okay. Like there's so many different parts of that game that I like and just wish were I, their own games. I was I was listening to another podcast today. Doesn't and exist. They described it. They, they described it as less than the sum of its parts. Yeah, yeah I, I completely agree. All the individual completely parts agree. are really polished, but it doesn't hold together. Exactly, it's. I completely agree with that. Um, and it's, but it was good. I enjoyed it, I and mean, I think it went to some really cool places. I also finished up Super Smash Brothers, uh, the the adventure mode in that, and that's that gets really cool. Um, you get to where you think is the end, and then it expands even more, and it's really great. Okay, cool. I really like that spirit um, mode. I'm waiting to deep dive back into World of Light again. I need you like, should, a long journey you should, to do You it. should do it. You should really just dive it in. Some of those battles are really flipping great. It's it's so much fun. Um, also, obviously I got the SNES Classic for Christmas. and oh, me, and yeah. my, me and my girlfriend played through all of Super Mario World. So it's, it's got a two-player mode where you switch on and off as mm-hmm. Mario and Luigi. And you, you go through levels, to, to, not together, not at the same time. But like if one person completes a level, the next person can do the next level instead. You know, so you open up the map at the same time together and then just take turns doing levels. And we played through the whole game like that. And it was, you know what? I realized that I have no memory of most of that game and yet also sort of, <laughs> also sort uh, of a memory for most of that game. It's, it's, it's like I could remember it all and yet it felt like it was new, if that did makes any a, sense. Did you have a SNES as a, a kid? Yes, I did. That was my first console. Oh, I've never played Super Mario World. Super Mario World is a damn good... I would say... A perfect game. Like that's my that's my review See, of it. I it's, like Super Mario Bros. Three, 
But um, I didn't play that until Super I played Mario... it on an emulator in 2005. Super Mario World is basically Super Mario Brothers 3, but but more. Yeah. You know, but Obviously, like, I know what Super Mario World is. Yeah, I think I must have played it. So I think I may have had a... Um... Did, was it come out for free on the Wii U at some point? I don't think I might so. I've got it then. I've probably played it at some point. But that is a that is a perfect honest. game that we played in uh, about three settings, I think. Um, okay. And it was just yeah, that was just, that was a really fun thing. So over the course of how, like, how did one, she find it? She well, she loves it. She played it like when she was younger as well. So that was like okay. that was a game that she had for the GBA. Um, so in fact, she remembered more of it than I had. So she uh, previously, my girlfriend had um, played so much more of it so she could tell me things that I didn't even know about the game she was showing me secrets and things that I had never even found and I was just having to be like oh my god this is this is great it was it was really cool getting that like a reverse experience where I was being shown things in this older mm. game for once you know it's it was it was a really fun time and that is a perfect game so over the course of one weekend I finished three games <laughs> which is something I haven't I, not, I haven't finished the game in months so it was really nice <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I've been doing with the past two weeks. Um, uh, obviously, I've got that team leader role. Uh, well, anything else happened? I've been watching Dragon Ball Super. We both have. We have been watching, watching lots, of, lots of Dragon Ball Super. I've just, uh, finished, I just finished season I four. Finished, I finished Golden Freezer today. Uh, so stupid. <laughs> yeah, that is uh, <laughs> that's thought, stupid. I'm interested to watch Resurrection F now because I feel like it would work a lot better as a 90-minute film than it did as a 12-part TV <laughs> We season. should do we should do a one-off podcast on the differences between Dragon Ball C film. What, sorry, Dragon no, Ball but, Super well, okay. film. But no, here's what we discovered when we both watched. I'm uh, sorry if whoever's listened to this isn't interested in Dragon Ball. It's another Dragon Ball podcast. No, no, we, no, we can't go 15 minutes into a podcast without diverging into Dragon Ball at some point. It's but, fine. But here's what we discovered. I had no idea that uh, you watched Kai, Dragon Ball yeah. Z Kai. I had no idea that in the Kai dub, which is a new dub, Freezer's voice actor was completely different. Way better. And they, they, no, I can't stand <laughs> I'm real sorry. Freezer's um, voice actor is so good. No, nah, he sounds so rubbish. He just sounds like another rando, like, posh person. Whereas the original Dragon Ball Z, well, the Funimation dub Dragon Ball Z voice actor, actress, actually, it's a woman who did it, sounds like a weird alien. She sounds bad. She sounds great. She sounds threatening. Whereas I'm not at all threatened by this. But Fraser. I'm the opposite way around. I was threatened by this Fraser. He just sounds really petty. He sounds yeah. like, he sounds like a spotty little kid mouthing off like a, <laughs> like a specky uh, public schoolboy, like an Et- like a young Et- Et- Etonian just uh, having a go at you. Yeah, and that's threatening because that's what's threatening us right now in this country. Uh, a bunch of pricks at the top. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's it is threatening. You know, you could imagine Freezer trying to push Brexit through without a deal. Golden, we've got sitting on a golden throne and telling everyone to just crack on with it. You know, it's with their golden piano in the background. Okay, all right. Let's not labour this Dragon Ball metaphor too much. Freezer is a Tory. Oh, he would be definitely. <laughs> Freezer's a Tory. Um, Sell is a Liberal Democrat. Uh, I think Margin Boo is Labour, definitely. <laughs> Wait, Margin Boo doesn't... It's just, just destruction and chaos. No, well, no. Margin, Margin Boo, Boo is UKIP. No. <laughs> I'm talking about Good Boo. I don't know. None of this makes any sense, but I love it. Uh, let's. Should we get into what we're going to talk about this week? Well, what are we going to talk about? So I thought one of if the big things... If you don't give things... me a topic, I'll just go off and <laughs> 
Well, one of the big things this week is, of course, I think we need to talk about the, the bungee thing. Oh, yeah, that happened, didn't it? Good for them. So yesterday it happened. Uh, so yesterday, Bungie, the, the makers of originally Halo, and then they separated from Microsoft, and then they made a little game called Destiny 1 and 2 under Activision. And yesterday, I think you're forgetting Marathon, the, their most successful series of games. Yeah, no one cares about Marathon, apart from <laughs> super nerds. Um, apart they, from our mate Ryan. Apart from our mate Ryan, <laughs> shout out to Ryan who likes Marathon. I, Marathon. I think he he's the only person he in the world to play it. He did ten years ago when I first got to know him. That's what I remember. Yeah, he's <laughs> <laughs> he's the one person in the world who likes Marathon, and I'm very happy for him. But Bungie have made actual games since then, and uh, recently, well, yesterday, they got called into a meeting uh, at Bungie headquarters, and staff were sort of told ahead of time that it's going to be good news because usually. Uh, Destiny 2 has not been doing great. Activision has been quite disappointed with the, the sales of it and how much money it's making and the performance of it overall. To the point where a few months ago they gave it away for free um, to try and get more people to buy the expansion. So it's so, it's, so you, if you're in that, if you're an employee of Bungie, you're probably thinking, "Gonna lose my job." Like, excuse yeah, me and shut down. you've been you've been <laughs> you've been brought into a meeting. You're like, "This ain't good. This ain't good news." Um, but then they were told it was going to be good news and that Bungie was or is parting ways of Activision eight years after they began working together. Uh, and more to that, that's good news on, on, on the front of it anyway, but more to that, they're keeping the rights to Destiny and keeping ownership of Destiny and they're going to be self-publishing it, which is something you don't really ever see in games. You know? Yeah, I don't know what kind of contract they had with Activision, but they evidently retained uh, quite a few powers. That's, I mean, that's incredibly impressive I mean the only other thing I can think of that happening is when um, Square Enix let go of was it IO Interactive and they kept Hitman mm-hmm. like they, they let go this company go then also gave a, gave them the franchise that they made with them it's it's, but it's really great news especially coming from Activision and I'm really it's really exciting you know I've always been interested in Destiny but always wary of it and the, and the sort of relationship with Activision mm-hmm. and what that sort of meant because it seemed like such a dangerous game to get into. I'm always like quite into online games anyway, especially MMO type games or games like Destiny. But the idea that it could try and drag more money out of me. I, I've always been interested in playing a bunch of game that's not full of microtransactions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And now I, mean, I might get the chance again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. After, after all these years. Yeah, so I mean, we don't know who made what decisions in that sort of like the way the way Destiny was run, but you could. You could pretty much guess that Activision was responsible for a lot of the microtransaction stuff. Maybe not. Maybe it's actually going to get worse. Uh, but <laughs> I, I'd like to, I'd I, like I to think now that, that now that Bungie has this bit more freedom, I think a Destiny could. Have, people have been up and down with Destiny Two. Like they started off being really disappointed in it, and the latest expansion has apparently been really good for it. So I'm excited to see where it where it goes next, and I'm probably going to give it a go now. Um, I am not going to give it a go straight away. I'm going to wait to see. Because it's still got like loot boxes and all that, doesn't it? I don't know That's if it's loot heard. boxes. I think you had to pay... It definitely it launched with loot boxes, I think. Didn't you have to pay for... Um, you had to buy colour changes for your armor. It definitely had microtransactions. I think it launched with loot boxes. Right. Loot boxes I... that you had to go to the microtransaction storefront to open. Right, that sounds yeah. So that sounds. I, I, I'm uh, not sure if it has that anymore, but it's um. 
Yeah, I guess I guess we'll see. Uh, apparently, it's still going to receive the full support on Battle.net. Uh, they, don't, they don't expect any because destruction. It's Activision Blizzard, remember? It's not just Activision. Blizzard exactly. Blizzard part of that partnership. Yeah, so it's... Jester's it's, it's, scummy as Activision. <laughs> we've had, I also we've had that talk. That I we also want to point that out. I think we had that talk on our, on our first or second podcast. Um, but they're going to keep keep it going on the Battle.net uh Site, so that's yeah. So I think I'm, I'm not really that interested in Destiny Two. I'll be interested in whatever they next make, if they uh, yeah, if, if they, they don't mess it up immediately. <laughs> it's like a door shutting, um, uh, shutting, and then opening again. It's just all on fire yeah. once it opens. <laughs> it's that Simpsons clip where Marge cleans the kitchen and then the door. <laughs> then it's it's messy. Okay. It's, it's messy. <laughs> okay, so here's what you can do to keep my interest, Bungie. First of all, I want to hear about your game before I hear about the pre-order bonuses. Good, good idea. Like yeah, good shout. Destiny or two. Yeah. And um, no microtransactions, please. I'd, uh, just make, apart from that, just make a good. I game. mean, all online games are going to have some sort of microtransactions. Like on Final Fantasy XIV, you can buy costumes. Stuff, but well, it's not necessary. That's not a necessary part of running an online game. It's possible to run an online game without. Um... Oh, so I don't know whether Bungie would make an online game next or or what. But uh, well, it's possible to make an online game without microtransactions. They've had. Um, I think what's what's also worth remembering is they've had a hundred million dollar um, investment from. I think it's NetEase or yeah. is it Tencent? It's one of those two. One of the Chinese companies where I think it's NetEase. So to to invest in their next IP, so we don't know what they're going to do there, but it's is not necessarily like they're out of they're out on their own for good. You know, they've still got yeah, they've exactly. still got this they've got, too. They've got plenty of investment. Yeah, but they or or they can make it free to play. If they make it free to play, I've got no problem they, with them putting my transactions. They pretty much in did two because, months ago for for like yeah, a, for well, like a month. No, but yeah, but remember, Destiny Two still costs money at launch. Yeah, of um, course. But yeah, if they if they make the next game. For, I don't mind free to play games. Having microtransactions, but if you paid money for it in my book, I wouldn't. I wouldn't pay money for a game that then had microtransactions. I'm trying to think what I want to see from Bungie because obviously the Halo series is really great. Um, Destiny, for all its shortcomings, apparently has some of the best shooting in a game ever. What do do they make another shooter? Do they do something? Or do they do something completely different? I think they should play to their strengths. This is a time because obviously I think all their fans are. Maybe a bit of a disillusion with Destiny 2. I think it's time to play to their strengths. Yeah. Make it make a nice a nice uh, sci-fi space shooting game. Another one. They, 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 Bungie know what they're doing. They know. They, 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 develop, like, development talent has never been their problem. No. Their problem has been uh, mismanagement. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited. I mean, we're probably not going to hear about the next project for a while yet. So see, yeah, see it in in four years. Maybe yeah. <laughs> it'll be released. We can, we can, can listen back it. on this and then think about what we what we thought. Uh, see about what we thought. Um, hopefully, they do better. They do better than what else happened on Destiny Two this week. Uh, they released a. Did you see this? They released a puzzle that if players managed to figure it out, like any player figured it out, they'd release some DLC. Um, like it was gated behind this puzzle and then after 24 hours of players failing to solve it they just unlocked it <laughs> <laughs> so but it's but it's good that they're experimenting with that sort of stuff you know like it's it's less yeah but you you, you can picture them in the office where being like no, no one's no one's unlocked it yet <laughs> uh, this, it took, and they've got like, it took longer than any of their hardcore raids did to clear it 
the count that the clock's ticking down to like the shareholders meeting or something <laughs> and they're like we do need that income from the DLC no no so, so the uh, DLC was free it was free DLC oh was it, it was free just lock, oh, right. it was just locked behind this, the players getting yeah. this puzzle what what was so difficult about the puzzle do you know the details um, of what the I've got an article about? up now so I'm trying to I'm trying to look at it here so it's um, I'll read you the Eurogamer article uh, last night, Bungie unlocked the Bagusia Forge, the final offering of the annual pass DLC Black Armory, following negative feedback to the puzzle players had to solve to unlock it for the entire player base. They had to try, and they failed to solve the puzzle of the Niob- Niobe Labs, um, which remains unsolved. It's a complex series of puzzles that involve shooting specific symbols with specific weapons. A butterfly symbol with a bow, for example. Once you've completed these puzzles, a mission with multiple levels presents itself these levels involve working out what to shoot based on cryptic clues displayed on in-game monitors. The clues involve sword forged from the ring the hand held, and then there's a key, and then a string of letters. Uh, there's another one which is just letters and then symbols. They managed to work through six of the levels before getting stuck on the seventh. And just not being able to work it out. Man, you know it must be bloody impossible if, if like the hardcore fans can't figure it out. Because there are people who do amazing kind of feats yeah. if they're really big fans of a game. It really must have been absolutely impossible. What's more is it didn't have checkpoints, so if you failed a puzzle, you had to start again and do all the other puzzles again. Wow. So it's 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 like it's a cool experiment to try and get people to do it, but. You know, it's probably they've probably learned a lot from this of what they can and can't get away with in, in their shooting game. Mm. I mean, people people are fans are like, if you if you'd left it going, people probably would have eventually solved it, but they would have felt less triumphant and more just like, oh, thank God we did it. Yeah, We're now no one else to do it again. Yeah. We've finally done it. I don't know. It's, it's oh, good to see them thing, trying things. Um, if you as long as you're taking advice from me. Uh, I just the thing about Destiny and Destiny Two, especially Destiny, they were these games that sort of expected to monopolise all of your time, and they quite clear they wanted a player base whose only hobby was his hobby was not video games, his hobby was just playing Destiny. Yeah, but there wasn't enough content just, for de- that. Just don't expect me to don't expect to monopolise all my time. But that's MMOs, isn't it? I, I think I think that was an Activision. Yeah, I think that was an Activision Blizzard thing as well. No, knowing Activision Blizzard's other business practices. I think From what I probably, gather, the way, the best way to play to the best way to play Destiny is um, to do the content when it comes out, and then just leave it until the next content comes out. Mm. You know, maybe play some PvP and stuff, but not if you go into it thinking you've got a game which is going to keep you going for months on end, you're going to be disappointed. I see. Well, good luck to Bungie. I liked Halo Three. That was a good game. Yeah, that was a that was a good game. I did a video on it. You did. You should you should check out that video. Check check it out, everyone. Uh, the main thing we, I wanted us to talk about, so before this whole Bungie news came out, was about Marvel's um, p- big push into the video game industry. Oh, I remember. You remember that. You told yeah, I told you about this. this. See, oh, I, I told you. I, I told you. Uh, you you need to remember. I should probably link you before the podcast in the future. Um, so Marvel over the past few years have been really pushing to be a part of the video game space. You know they ha- they've been obviously they've been a part of it for a long time, but not to the. I don't think they've had the acclaim that games like the Batman Arkham games have had. You know DC have have, have also had games in the in video game space and. I think they seem to be recognised more for it. You know, you've got that injustice fighting game, you've got you've got the the Batman Arkham games, you've got some shitty Superman games. But I think most DC games that have come out recently have tended to be held in high regard. 
and that is not the same for any real Marvel games. Certainly not in recent memory, anyway. So I think they they've been making a real push, especially now that the films are where they are, to make games that sort of catch that that feeling. See so how Sony Spider Man, which came out last year, to huge acclaim, people absolutely loved it. You've got them partnering with Nintendo to make a Marvel Ultimate Alliance three game, a sequel to a, to a franchise that a lot of people love. You've got the uh, the Square Enix Avengers game that's being made by Crystal Dynamics, who made the Tomb Raider reboot. And then now this week on the fourth of January, they announced that they are team they are, they have invested in a company called Second Dinner, which is formed by the. Uh, breakaway from Hearthstone. So Ben Brode, he used to be the the public face of of Hearthstone, like one of the one of the heads of Hearthstone. Of and um, so they he split splintered off, formed his own group, and now they're making a Marvel game as well with a thirty million dollar investment. And it's like that's a that's a huge thing to be in the space of a few years to have all of these these big investments and these big games coming out. We don't know what this last game is going to be yet, but it's. What what I suppose I like. What do you want from a Marvel experience, and why do you think they're particularly entering this space now? What could they do in this space if given the chance? Um, to answer your second question, uh, money. <laughs> I think they want money. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it's true. Obviously, like video games are a big business. Uh, they've evidently they've got a big franchise with the cinematic stuff they evidently want bigger than ever yeah more money yeah bigger than ever um, they evidently want more money out of that yes definitely but they, they, but they seem to be doing it in a way the way they're actually making good games as well like, rather than just churning out any old shit you've got them re- reaching out to people and saying hey we're going to make investments in you to make this game for us you know so they, they, let, they let Sony pick any superhero they wanted to make a game on and they picked Spider-Man. They gave them any choice. And so I'm wondering, what would you like to see from Marvel in this space? Is there anything particular that you're like, that would be great? Uh, what was that character from the 60s who was like four aliens at once? Can give him a game. What? What? The, the four aliens. You know, uh, Mr. Four Aliens. <laughs> oh, yeah. My favourite my favorite Marvel character, Mr. Four Aliens. I'm, wait, I'm going to look this up. <laughs> Uh, you can't just Google Mr. Four Aliens. No, because I danced, danced a lot of the comic book writer talked about him at a panel I was in attending when I was at Comic-Con. Did he call him um, Mr. Four Aliens? Oh, I can't remember what his name was. Four, oh, mate. Four Aliens Freddy. Foreskin Fandango. I'm cutting that out. <laughs> comic book character. I'm not cutting it out. Four Aliens. <laughs> he he got caught in like a thing and he was four different aliens at once like each quarter of his body was a different alien none of this is helping wait so he's not four separate aliens he's no each quarter of his body is a different alien bit I feel sorry for the aliens ultra- that ended up being the ass ultra the multi-alien what oh he's a DC character oh sorry. okay so you- <laughs> Yeah, give him give him a game. Ultra multi alien. Marvel can't make a game about him. You've you well, failed to answer this question, and you've derailed us. <laughs> he's what I want. I want to know what this damn Square Enix Avengers game is. They announced like two years ago that they were making it, and they've shown nothing about it since. How do you make a good Avengers game? Uh, how do you make? Uh, 
So I gave you, I sent you the completely wrong uh, <laughs> thing there. Don't well, I know what open that I link. know what our image is going to be. Wait, you sent me. What did you send me? <laughs> what's this? <laughs> Why have you sent me this? You've sent me porn. Uh, don't open that. What I meant to you was just like an ultra trailer. Why have you? <laughs> I can't remember how that came to be. <laughs> you sent me to a Twitter page of a of a porn <laughs> person. No, no, no. But with no tweets on it. <laughs> no tweets on it whatsoever. It's just a name, a raunchy picture, and a link a link to their Pornhub page. How have you God. How have you gone? <laughs> if I said I can't remember how that came to be, would you believe No! Me? <laughs> no one just gets this by mistake. Apart from me. <laughs> Look. Forget that. I didn't mean to send you that. This message was deleted. It was Wikipedia. <laughs> yes, exactly. This Wikipedia article on the multi-alien. Oh yeah, let's let's, let's skip past that. What you've just sent me. We can talk about that <laughs> off air. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you. I'm glad you sent. Again? I'm glad you sent me this picture of this fucking alien. There's not even a Marvel character. Look what you've done to this podcast. In conclusion, that's what I want from a quick video game. That wasn't the question. Yes. That wasn't why I asked you. So what do I, So you're asking me, how do I make a good Avengers yeah, game? Yeah, how do you make a good Avengers make, game? Not not me specifically, obviously. Oh, maybe you. Um, I don't know. Maybe me. Well, I think you have to fit... I think there's a lot of different genres it can fit into. So I think... Um, it kind of depends on the genre, really. I think you just need um, just get the characters right. I think just get I the characters say, right. Excellent. I would say in video games, you can do stuff that you can't do in the films. Yeah, so of in course. The films, Marvel's got their brand. They got their main characters. They're introducing them slowly. In games, you can add more weird and obscure characters. Yeah, and uh, you can play around with more kind of interesting. Uh, I say interesting, more kind of out there concepts in games. So why not have Avengers uh, versus um, that sludge monster from Fantastic Four? Why not have uh, Avengers versus um, no, that's a Superman villain I'm thinking of again, yeah, DC. But uh, why not have the X Men go to the gladiatorial games? You know, yeah, that'd be good. But I mean, in terms I think, of how do you, I'm trying to think of what sort of game it would have to be because if you're making an Avengers game. You have to be able to play as all the Avengers, right? Well, you think so. But I, what I would like to play is like an XCOM game where like you're defending the Earth oh, from like an alien invasion and you send out your Avengers, your team of superheroes, to have like tactical superhero-based battles. That would be cool. That would be good as hell. But, but I think there's so many different genres you can fit it into, though. Yeah, but I mean, it's made by the Crystal Dynamics team, so they they made Tomb Raider last. So I suppose it's going to be an action adventure and I game. D- I did like those Tomb Raider games. So yeah, action adventure is fine. Um, I hope it's not that generic. But then when I think of superhero games, I still think of like mid two thousands level. Like, but then action adventure let's games. Say, let's say it was an action adventure like an Uncharted or Tomb Raiders or something, or even if you go like the God of War route, you know. Um, mm. How do you fit each character around that? Because Iron Man surely would play completely differently to Captain America you couldn't you couldn't do the same gameplay for both of them I think if you had like a solid basic control system like if you look at those Batman Arkham games they have uh, they have a really solid control scheme uh, that feels right and I think although that feels right for Batman I think if you get the control scheme right like as just 
in general, you can use that as a basis for different uh, gameplay variants of the characters. Right, okay, yeah. I suppose, but Personally, I'd rather have uh, like an individual superhero sort of game. Yeah, me too. Like, It would be quite good to, to have a game focused on Thor and a game focused on Iron Man, but it's not... It's just not viable unless you hired every other studio to make it, you know. Yeah, I guess so. But um, yeah, but and, and this Marvel Ultimate Alliance thing is going to be like a Diablo style. Game. Yeah, so it's like a top-down action action loot game. Uh, I don't think you get so much loot, but it's like an action top-down going through hordes of enemies sort of game, which is fun. You know that that, that works for those characters because you don't require yeah. doesn't require you to have like an over-the-shoulder full control of that character because you're essentially moving a little cursor around a little person uh, rather than actually full control over them. But I think in an action-adventure game like the Avengers is presumably going to be, you need to look a little bit more into that because you need to feel like you're being those characters. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily feel like you need to feel like you're being those characters. I just feel... um it needs to be fun. It needs to be interesting. That's what I want from a from a game like that. It's the same thing I want from a movie, which we're not really doing that anymore. Is interesting and like weird things. Okay, yeah, I, I found that the the latest Avengers: Infinity War uh, was a bit. Obviously, it was this big, huge like experience, but I didn't wasn't surprised by anything uh, in it. I mean, I get I get why it happens. They've got their business model. They need to make their... They're putting $500 million into these films. They need to make sure they make a billion dollars or whatever. They're trying to make... I understand. They're trying to make... I understand why the... Yeah. They're trying to make that Black Widow film. Um, and they, like, reached out to... They want a woman directing it. Um, and they reached out to different people. And they said, you'd be directing all the, like, live action talking and stuff. Mm. But l- you'd have to leave the action bits to us. Which sort of uh, yeah, speaks I, wonders for what the sort of films they're making are. Like so they're they're in char- they're in charge of every action scene, which is why all of those films, when it comes to action, feel the same. Like I don't really watch these Marvel films anymore. I'm just I've just been burnt out of them for a while. And yeah, I get I get why these films feel the way they do. They got to make their money. So what I'd hope with the video game portion is if they're investing in a lot of different projects. Yeah, you can have your big budget projects, which are maybe have to be more kind of triple A style, like a you know big action, yeah. big budget kind of thing. But maybe you can invest in some smaller projects as well, like this weird XCOM idea I just had. Feel free to steal that. I think the yeah, uh, the smaller, me, the smaller project I, sounds like um, smaller. I didn't invest XCOM or Marvel, so you, I, it's not even an original idea. I, have. <laughs> I can't, I couldn't even see you. <laughs> I think, I think this the smaller projects is like this thirty million investments. Uh, I mean, that's, yeah. we say small. Which, that's actually quite a bit, but obviously, but but, but for, for Disney, obviously that's nothing, nothing yeah. compared to and compared to a, a film where you spend two hundred million dollars on budget production, another two hundred million on advertising. Yeah, you know, obviously, again, it's pretty. It's a pretty minimal budget. I suppose coming from so, Hearthstone, we could be seeing like a Marvel card game of some sort. Marvel card game. I feel like that'd be really boring. I, I think don't that'd be really boring. Like, I don't want to see that either. But if they, I suppose, with their strategy, maybe they are going for an XCOM type thing. Yeah, um, yeah, that'd be fun. Because Hearthstone's uh, obviously based around strategy and things, so maybe they could do something with yeah, that knowledge. So it's, no, it's turn-based strategy, something no one's expecting. Did you ever used to play Freedom Force, the two games that came out in like 2003 and 2005? What? No, what are they? Freedom Force was a, a great uh, series of two games. It was Freedom Force, the original, and the, their sequel was Freedom Force versus the Third Reich. Uh, they were superhero games uh, with... Uh, kind of based on sort of the, the golden age and uh, kind of silver age of superheroes, so a lot of big kind of 60s characters yeah. with sort of a with sort of very emotive plot like melodramatic plot line and you would it was like a real a real time but you could pause and like issue orders like a 
top-down sort of a uh, squad-based uh, tactics game and it was really fun you can even make your own superheroes and design your own skins for them and it had like a fun kind of crazy like big plot and i recommend freedom force uh, that was like my ideal superhero game that sounds fun yeah, I, rec- yeah, I recommend you check out Freedom Force. I'll look. Yeah. Uh, I recommend anyone check out Freedom Force. But yeah, I was thinking something like that or something with turn-based stuff. Like yeah, I mean, obviously really they've cool. made superhero games in the past. You had like the Spider-Man games for PlayStation and stuff and obviously the Marvel vs. Capcom stuff. But it's 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 been a long time since um, companies took this sort of big step into games and like really, really made an effort to, to go into games in such a big way. Like You're looking at like maybe 20 years since the last time that happened. Mm. Are there any other companies that you think could do with doing that? Or any other companies you'd like to see making a step into games? Seriously seriously invest in games games, uh, which aren't currently in games and bring their properties into it? Uh, No, we had Dragon Ball Fighters. Yeah, Dragon Ball's always been a big part of games. I mean, they haven't Uh, really been very good until recently, but they've always been I've not played a good Star Trek game in a long time. But the Star Trek franchise is a mess right now. Star Trek Online is still going. Yeah, I know, but I uh, wasn't really into Star Trek Online. Okay. Um, and what would yeah, you? I'm a big Star what Trek. would you want to see from a Star Star Trek game? Um, I want to see a good single player story driven experience. Maybe like a role playing game, or kind of where you're commanding your own ship. There was a game in like 2003 called Star Trek Bridge Commander, which was good. Uh, something like that, or or you could have um, or Elite Force was a good game if you remember that from like 99. And that was a shooter. How about an uh, like exploration, like an like an FTL type game? Oh, that might be. But fun. maybe like, maybe a um, bit more advanced than like. I mean, FTLs yeah. FTLs a great game, but maybe a bit more yeah. um, in depth. So more kind of explore exploring yeah. kind of role playing options. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Sort of like an FTL um, crossed with I don't know, yeah. um, like an RPG, I guess. Hmm. Oh please, uh, Disney, please take the Star Wars license away from EA. They're terrible at it. I mean, I'm sure it makes money, but yeah. you know, ideally, I'd love them to see it and take it away from EA and give it to someone uh, competent, someone who had a who would make a good Star Wars game. Um, none of none of the big companies because the big companies probably like. But I I play Nintendo Star Wars. I would play Nintendo Star Wars. I yeah. I mean, again, I don't. I'm not sure it'd definitely be particularly great. But if what about okay, Platinum Games? What about their Star Wars game? That would be good. Uh, yeah, they made Bayonetta. They made Bayonetta right? and they made some other... Yeah, like, they, they made, they made good some game. good games. They, they're good at making games, you know, so that would be pretty good. Or, um... Whoever made Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, Team... Isn't it Team Ninja? Team Ninja. Like they've, they, they've been hit or miss with some of their games, but I think you give them a Star Wars franchise, they could probably make something pretty good. Exactly. So give a Star Wars franchise to someone competent. Someone who's really done, nice. like, games which involve action. Because Star Wars, you need to have that sort of action stuff, so having a good combat system is essential. I don't think we necessarily or, need another huge Bioware type Star Wars RPG. I mean, people love, people bi- want it. But bi- bi- Bioware get their independence from EA and make good games again, and then they make a Star Wars game. So you'd want another That's Star Wars RPG? Uh, I would play. I mean, how many years it's been since Knights of the Old Republic two? A long time. Yeah, I'd play it it's again. just I, uh, I so I played those games. I think they're really good. They're really great role playing games. But when you get to the combat and things, it doesn't feel like Star Wars to me. Yeah, it was based on the kind of D and D era. I mean, but they, Bioware's done a lot of stuff since then with kind of Mass Effect and more like real time combat. So I think they could, if they could uh, do like a real time combat code. system with the same sort of uh, role playing that's in Mass Effect for Star Wars, I'd be all over that. 
But obviously, this requires Bioware to not be owned by EA and to make good games again. But so. EA own the Star Wars rights. Yeah, why I know. haven't they In got Bioware? Idea- uh, obviously, they made the the Old Republic that MMO. But why haven't they got them making another Star Wars game? Because EA don't know what they're doing. Well, EA just want them to make. Uh, they want them to make Destiny, don't they? they? Want them to make Anthem. Anthem looks good. <laughs> Anthem looks uh, good as must- hell. I'm not interested that's in anything. The, but that's I, the I, Iron Man game I'm, I want to play. I'm absolutely surprised how little of a shit I give about what Bioware produced now. <laughs> give about 10 years ago, Bioware, I would have said, was my favourite developer. Um, now I absolutely don't care. Mass Effect 3 was a downfall for you, wasn't it? I remember you played uh, half yeah, an hour of that and never, and never yeah, played it anymore. I never really played that much Mass Effect. I guess that was a time that was coming to a time in my life I had a lot less time as well. But Mass Effect 2 came out, like, I think, at the perfect time for me. I played through Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3 two years ago and loved them all. Yeah, Mass Effect 2 was good. Um, and although Mass Effect 1 was good. I liked 1 as well. Yeah. Good memories of that. But but, uh, they, but, but they have Star Wars. Why can't they just... I mean, I'm sure uh, there are reasons. And they probably yeah, involve I'm... money. But I don't know. I just... You, you, it, like the, the, they're there! It's like they're, they're in the next room. And they're just like, oh, I wish we could make Star Wars again. <laughs> if only it was around here somewhere. And Star Wars in the next room saying, oh, I wish I could be a Bioware game again if only they were around here somewhere <laughs> I knew I left Star Wars on the table yeah, just yesterday exactly oh so frustrating I would like to see a Cowboy Bebop game like a real good one I know mm. you've not really seen much Cowboy Bebop but it's I, I know I never can see it's it my Bebop. it's my favourite show ever and I think there, there was one game released on Playstation and I think that's the sort of thing which well not even necessarily Cowboy Bebop but that there's something with that feeling to it like there's 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 no other show that really feels like Cowboy Bebop, but there's certainly no games that feel like Cowboy Bebop makes me feel. And I think I'd love to love to see a game which just feels melancholy. I think is the best term for it, where where there, there's there's an overhanging of sadness throughout the game, while also having like fun and excitement. Where's my Jeeves and Worcester role playing game, you cowards? <laughs> what is that? Yeah, Cheese and Wuss is a really famous series of stories by uh, author P.G. Wodehouse. It's you, you must have, you probably know it if I showed it to you. There's a there's a TV series in the nineties made of it with Stephen Fry. And oh, okay, right. It's a, it's, it's quite a famous like series of like comic uh, short stories. Okay, um, about uh, a young chap in the nineteen twenties called Bertie Wooster and his uh, manservant Jeeves. Right. And they have they have comic misadventures. And where's my where's my Jeeves and Wooster role playing game? Make it. <laughs> <laughs> I want that. I want that this year. People would lose so much money on that game. As in, by people, I mean I don't mean people buying it. I mean people making that would lose so much money on that. That's the most niche thing I've ever heard in my life. I hear a lot of I'm niche gonna... stuff from you. <laughs> like you, I, you... Jason Wooster's not niche. It's a classic English novel. It's kind of no, it's a series of novellas. It's a classic. classic this is English definitely novel. niche. Doctor Who is considered right. niche. Mm-hmm. Can we have a good Doctor Who game? Is that possible? Uh, is that possible? I don't think that is possible. It's only possible if you don't play as the Doctor. Why? Playing as the Doctor gives the player... T- the Doctor's meant to be this, like, thousand-year-old alien. You you can't make the player the Doctor. The Doctor has too much power and knowledge yeah. to make him... You, I the think doctor, you the Doctor's play... like a wizard. Like, he, he, can, he yeah. can get out of anything. The Doctor should be showing up occasionally to, like... How you out of tough spots and give and like provide story and stuff. But I think most you should play like a companion or maybe like a hapless uh, whoever trying to survive like a difficult situation. 
or but involved then, in like a. But then that's not what that plot. doesn't. But then that's not really a Doctor Who game either, is it? I think you. I think you can make it feel like it. I think you can capture it. Just you'd have to not be the Doctor. You play his companion or something. They tried with those point-and-click adventure games, didn't they? With the, the, they, those like puzzle did. games, and that was probably the closest you could do to being the Doctor and also playing a game with him. Like, is is to make it a puzzle like game where you've got to work stuff out as if you're working it out as the Doctor. But then that's not particularly mainstream. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like you could have like a nice like point and click adventure game, kind of with Doctor. You're kind of he. You're kind of trying to help him through stuff. Maybe the Doctor's just regenerated into like a special Doctor just for the game, <laughs> and you, he's like, no, but it's like the Doctor. It's like its own side story. It's not really in canon with the series, but it's like the Doctor's just regenerated. You have to like help. They're like incapacitated, so you as a companion have to like help them out, and they can't really be in it that much. Right. Yeah, I think that would be really cool. That could be cool. I'm, I'm just, I just, I, I'm trying to vision it. I just can't do it. Like, I, I, I think it's, it's, a really, it's for really some reason I can't envision a good Doctor Who game. Like, you can envision a good game for pretty much anything, right? Like, you can imagine what you want from a good Star Wars game or Star Trek, or whatever. I think Obviously, of Doctor like Who, Trek. and I'm like, I haven't a fucking clue. But there are there are things in games that every, like if a Star Trek game, every Star Trek fan wants to be the captain of their own ship. You want to be the captain, um, but every Doctor Who fan probably wants to be the Doctor, don't they? But you can't give it to them because <laughs> it's too much. It's too power. Too much power in the player. It's very, either the game just becomes like too easy because the game's just being like oh here's a mode where you see like the doctor I think oh to be fair Batman in Arkham Asylum had like Batman detective vision, vision you yeah. like see you can, you can do something like that but I feel like the doctor is too too far gone from like human experience you can't relate to him properly without it becoming like too handholdy like the game's just giving telling you how to play it yeah. because that's how you be the doctor or it becomes like too weird yeah, that's true. I suppose you could do a Telltale-less game of Doctor Who, but yeah. then that's not really... Maybe. You know, it's been done. Like, They're all feel, the same. I feel like I want, I, what I want from a Doctor Who game is, like, a good plot yeah. with, like, a good science fiction plot where, um, you know, things... Like, there's lots of moving pieces for, like, a villain and, like, different perilous situations. That's what I want from it. I want, I want. Maybe you can go back to some of the, some of the 70s stuff, some of the 60s stuff, but you've got the power of video games. You can 3D model it. How about a game based on the master? Ooh, maybe. It could do some you're actually master, like that. Working. Yeah, you could be the master, yeah. I think. But the master's good. Ah. Uh, he's what, he's, he's banged his head and he's good. It's a game where you play a guy and you're taking orders from a giant talking prop and you're trying to do your evil scheme before the doctor stops you. Yes. Give me that. That sounds good. It doesn't. It sounds bad, but I'm sure... Yeah, let's let's have but that. G- give it give it to a real development studio. The BBC should, under no circumstances, yeah, try and revitalise their they, game development. Didn't division. they do it themselves last time? The last Doctor Who game. Yeah, uh, it's a very um, it's an idea where like we're going to do our own development studio. It's going to be in the public spirit. A good old BBC try, but obviously they didn't really invest much money in it because they can't. And they can't. Just just give it to a real development people who have experience making games. They know what they're doing. But then that costs money too. Yeah. That costs money as well. If ever BBC is kind of defunded right now, so but you can you can get an investor. Doctor Who's like a fairly popular franchise. I think you can find investment opportunities. BBC did partnership with like Stars Network and stuff like that. Oh so, yeah, when they did that fucking Torchwood series four shit. Was that that was no, Children of Earth? Yeah, that was the that was follow up to Children of Earth. 
Okay. So Torchwood, I told you the day I was Torchwood, Children of Earth is very good. It's some, one of my some of my favorite TV. Torchwood series four um, is set in America because they partnered with an American company, and um, Jack Harkness stops being invincible, but everyone in the world becomes invincible. Uh, oh, so everyone yeah, can't die, and so they start. They they within months they're like, we've got an overpopulation problem, so we've got to burn the bodies and shit. And you're like, what? It's only been a few months. Like, nah, we, we're in, we've got to sort this shit out. And then it's, <laughs> fi- it's is- fixed by, um, there's a giant alien that's going through the center of the earth. Like it's as big as the earth and it goes through the entire center. And Jack has to unleash his blood into the alien. And then that reverses the invincibility mm-hmm. again. He's invincible. Everyone else stops being invincible. Apart from one person who had a blood transfusion with him because he was sick or something. And now they're both invincible. Cliffhanger ending, never getting another series. All I'm saying is you can find outside investment opportunities. And you shouldn't, because if that's the sort of shit you're going to make, I'd rather they never make anything again. <laughs> okay. So we want so, we want Star Wars, a good Star Wars game. We want Star give, Trek, give me, Doctor give Who. Give me my, my, yeah, my PG World House role-playing. A PG World House expanded universe. I want Guitar Hero game. Flight of the Concords. I want you to like have a whole story mode though, where you're trying to become a musician. I want David Bowie to come back from the dead and make another video game. <laughs> that would be really good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We've got loads of good ideas there. Developers, make them happen. Uh, and that's everything I want to talk <laughs> about. Send the check to us. Yeah. <laughs> and send the check to us for these properties we don't own. We we <laughs> seem to make a game every podcast, and yeah, I think we should continue. Like you know, we've made like five games now. One. D- one day we'll have like a, a real hit on our hands. Yeah, that's all it takes. All you need to do is talk about it, and then they happen, right? Yeah, that's what, we invent the ideas. Get someone else to implement it. <laughs> We're scientists. That's all I had. That's all I wanted to talk yeah, about. That's uh, that's a good. That's a good time. Okay, this has been fun. This has been fun. Let's. This one of our was one of our shorter <laughs> ones. You sent me some porn by mistake. Uh, Are you going to put that in? Yeah, that's not getting cut. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way I'm Ooh. cutting that. <laughs> Everyone enjoys a little moment to themselves. It's fine. Yeah, most people don't. I don't. No, we're not getting back into it. Uh, <laughs> this has been. You know, we never introduced ourselves. <laughs> well, I'm glad. Not going to introduce myself now. This has been. <laughs> This has been the Nerd Under Geek podcast uh, with me, Cal Doughty, and everybody's friend, Scott Hunter. Scott Hunter. Thank you very much for listening. That's me. See you, see you around. Bye. Don't click on any links that Scott sends you. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye.